0: This is the Building Resilience Podcast, episode 114, The Five Pillars of Mental and Physical Health. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. What is new and exciting in your life? That is almost always how I start off my sessions with my clients. And they usually struggle to think, oh, new, exciting. And I always say to them, well, if you can't find anything, make something up. So hopefully you have something new and exciting. And if you don't have something, then just make something up. Today, I'm going to tell you about what's new and exciting in my life. I have talked in previous episodes that I was creating a short video series. And I am excited to say that it is ready for you. It is called the 30 second burnout solution. Basically what it is, is it's four short videos. They're all under 10 minutes each with a short PDF to go along with it. And it provides you the secret of the 30 second burnout solution. And it is kind of geared towards helping professionals and caregivers since I work with them a lot. And they're at unique risk, as we've been talking about in the past few episodes, with compassion fatigue and secondary traumatic stress. But I do go through in the videos and I teach about stress and burnout. And essentially, it is the same solution for everybody. It's a solution that my husband uses, and he's a business guy. My best friend uses. She's a consultant. And many of my clients who struggle with stress outside of helping professions, it's the same solution. And certainly if you're a caregiver of any kind, if you are taking care of children or elderly parents or somebody who's ill, you will most definitely benefit. If you are giving light to people, you are at risk of being burned. That's something that Viktor Frankl said. So be sure to check it out. The link is in the show notes. Or you could head over to my social media, Leah Davidson Life Coaching, and I will have links there. And if you're on my email list, I'll send it out there. So make sure that you get it. I'm excited for you to try it out. Now for today's episode, I wanted to set the stage of what we're going to be talking about today, kind of give a framework where I'm coming from when I wanted to create this episode about the five pillars of mental and physical health. So when I work as a speech pathologist, I work with other team members in the community. So usually somebody has a team that includes what we call up here in Canada, allied health. I'm not sure if that's the same in the US, but basically allied health is the team of people that work with the person depending on what challenges so that it will include PT, which is our physio, OT, occupational therapy, social work, a psychologist. Sometimes there's a neuropsychologist or a neuropsychiatrist. Sometimes there's like a chiro or a vision or vestibular therapist, a case manager, there's support workers. You get the point. Anyhow, so these clients, they meet with each team member for sessions. And then after each session, they're usually given some type of homework to do, something to follow up on. And then on top of it, they also have things like their doctor's appointments. Well, they'll usually see like a neurologist or orthopedic doctor or physiatrist. So they have so many appointments. And then they have to deal with their legal team because a lot of these people, their injuries were in accidents. And so there's a case that they have to deal with. They have insurance adjusters that they're dealing with. So there are a lot of moving parts. So often my clients will complain that they have no time, are feeling completely overwhelmed. And of course, they've also just sustained an injury or they're dealing with the consequences of an injury. So they're often not functioning at the full capacity that they're used to be. So it can be really, really stressful for them. Now it's a common challenge for them to squeeze everything in. And of course, every team member or every discipline thinks that their discipline, their work is the most important one to focus on. And we know that they are all important, but sometimes people have to make decisions on what they are going to focus on. And they will often come to me and want to talk about it. How do I prioritize this? Everybody's pulling me from different directions. What do I do? Now, I don't necessarily know the answer because everybody's individual with their own individual needs. So I can't exactly tell them what to focus on. And obviously my bias is to focus on their communication, their cognition, since that's my area. But what I do is I share with them something that I read years ago. Well, it's kind of something that I adapted to suit my own analogy with my clients. But I read it in a book called Bringing Up Bebe by Pamela Druckerman. So it's a book where the author does a comparison of French parenting with American parenting. And in it, she shares that the French have something called the cadre. And the cadre means frame. Or framework. So basically I want you to think of a visual image of a frame with four sides and each side represents a firm limit that they set for their child. So they basically choose four main ideals and limits that they want to enforce. Now parents will strictly enforce these limits but then within the framework, within those limits, the children have the freedom to do whatever they want. And in the book, she suggests that everybody is happier this way. The kids have clear expectations, and then they have freedom within. They thrive when they have predictability and structure. And then the parents aren't fighting over every tiny little thing. They just focus on their priorities and are flexible with the rest of the things. Well, this resonated well with me from a parenting perspective. Like what were the most important things that I wanted to enforce with my children? And then they had the freedom within that framework. So I adapted this for my clients and I offer to them that they would benefit from a framework like this. What are their top priorities in rehab? What will give them their biggest bang for their buck? What can they focus on that benefits multiple areas? For example, sleep is something that's extremely important for recovery. It's important for your physical health and your mental health. And fatigue is often a huge challenge after an injury and it spills over into everything. So making sleep a priority has lots of benefits. So I really encourage them to choose their four main areas of focus. Now, sometimes with recovery, the area of the focus will change as things progress. And it doesn't stop them from doing whatever they want in the middle, but it gives them a way to prioritize things on a daily basis. Do your framework and then spend some time doing whatever you want in the middle. So I wanted to share this with you because there are so many things out there that people say we must do to maintain our physical and mental health. How do we even focus on all these things, all these things that we're told, it can get pretty overwhelming. So I wanted to share with you what is said to be the most important things for our physical and mental health. So it's kind of like this framework, except this frame, it's got to have five sides because there are five things. And these are kind of like the non-negotiables and they are backed by research. This is something that I've learned from Dr. Andrew Huberman, who's a neuroscience professor at Stanford. And he said that these five core pillars impact your nervous system, your endocrine or hormonal system, your immune system, and your gut-brain access in direct and indirect ways and in both chronic or acute manners. So while there are many protocols out there He says that not obeying the core five pillars of health and performance will always reduce your vitality and longevity. Now, the good news is the reverse is also true, meaning if you do address those things almost every day, your mental health, your physical health, and your performance will flourish. So what are these magical things? Well, I'll just name them for you, and then we're going to go a little bit deeper for each one. The first one is sleep, the second one is sunlight, the third one is movement, the fourth one is nutrients, and the fifth one is relationships, and that includes all kinds, including the relationship with yourself. So Huberman also suggests a couple things that he calls amplifiers. Amplifiers are protocols and tools that are also strongly and positively linked to impact the nervous system, hormones, immune system, and the gut-brain axis but they do so in more of a cute, immediate way. So that doesn't mean that they're not useful, but they're just not a replacement for the five core things. So we can think of these things like going inside the framework. And they are cold exposure and non-sleep, deep rest. So among all the things that you can choose to do to take care of yourself, you want to make sure that you have your five-sided frame. Now let's talk a little bit about each one. Some of them are so important that I will either do a whole episode on each one or I already have. So you'll be able to go back and refer to the ones that I've already done. So the first one is sleep. I'm not gonna say too much about this because I do have a couple episodes coming up about it. But basically, you need seven to nine hours of sleep a night. You cannot have less without it impacting you. Now, there are so many important things that occur in your brain and your body while you are sleeping things that can only occur when you sleep. So it is vital. It's truly the foundation for everything. So making sleep a priority is a great priority. Of course, sleep can be a challenge for many people, especially like people with young kids or people who work irregular hours. And then of course, there's a lot of people who suffer from sleep troubles. But it is really worth trying to work and resolve some of your sleep issues. Now, we're going to talk a lot more about this in upcoming episodes. So the second one is sunlight. And this was a new one for me. And I've been trying to implement it as much as possible. So there is a lot of science behind it. And I'll try to dive deeper in it on a separate episode in the future. But I just wanted to share it with you here now. It is important that we get as much natural light as possible during the day. And it's actually recommended that you start your day with natural light, like getting five to 30 minutes, depending on where you live, depending on the time of year, how sunny or cloudy it is, but getting this light naturally by going outside within an hour or so of sunrise or as close as possible. What this does is it triggers the time to release of cortisol, like a healthy level of cortisol, which is that stress hormone. And don't forget that Not all stress is bad. We actually need good stress, which is called eustress. So it puts that stress hormone into your system, which serves as a wake-up signal, and then helps you be more alert during the day and helps you focus. And it also starts a timer for the onset of melatonin, which is what is needed for us to sleep later again that night. So actually getting the sunlight early on is important for your sleep at night. And then there is trying to get a piece of the sunlight at the end of the day too, around sundown. So in the morning, get up, go for a morning walk. What I've started to do is I will go for a walk and then I'll come back and I will take my dog out. He so loves that I'm more interested in getting the morning light because my dog is a Westie. And technically they don't really need walking. It's kind of more of a treat. So he loves that both my husband and I are more invested in getting up and getting out earlier and getting that sunlight because he benefits too. Now, the third thing is movement. And of course, movement or exercise, whatever you wanna call it. I like to call it movement so it doesn't have all those negative connotations that exercise can bring up. Now, I was listening to a podcast several months ago and I wish I remembered which one, but it was a conversation between two doctors and they were talking about all the debates with nutrition and diets. And so many people have so many preferences and people will do well on one diet and somebody else will do well on another. And there's really no consensus on the diet. Well, like everybody can agree to limit processed foods and get lots of leafy greens and whole grains and lots of water, but there are mixed reviews on other things. But what they did say is that while people can agree on diet what they can agree on is exercise, movement. Everyone agrees that movement is one of the most important things you can do for your health, physical and mental health. And we are talking about training for a marathon, although if that's your thing, then great, but it's getting that 150 minutes of exercise every week. So that's just 20 to 30 minutes a day. And then doing some resistance training too. There are so many ways to use movement, walking, running, biking, swimming, kickboxing, playing sports, tennis, volleyball, soccer, dancing. And then there's Pilates and yoga and stretching. So just move your body. And how you move will depend on you and what you want to get out of it. And you'll want to get some variety in there too. There's this great video that you can find on YouTube called 23 and a half hours. And it shows how beneficial just walking is. So check it out. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Now, the fourth side of your frame is nutrition or getting the proper nutrients. Now, obviously, I'm not a nutritionist. I do not advocate for any specific diet, although I do think the Mediterranean diet is what is pushed for brain health and prevention for Alzheimer's, so that is where I would lean, but it's lots of leafy greens, healthy grains, fish, good fats, fruits, vegetables, limited processed foods, so it's not really surprising. So many diets push for similar things. So just make sure that you are getting those nutrients. Go meet with a nutritionist or a dietitian if you want to see what supplements you can take to make sure that you're getting all the nutrients that you need. And of course, hydration, which is so important. Lots of water. I'm always trying to drink more water. It's a goal that I'm constantly trying to achieve. I'm not great at it. I think it really comes from years of trying to limit my water intake because I was driving around the province all the time and seeing clients and I just couldn't afford to have to go to the bathroom all the time because I was on the road. So now I try so much harder and my clients will note I always have my pink water bottle and I'm always trying to take steps in between. Now, so we have nutrients, we have hydration, and I'm going to sneak something more in there and talk about feeding your brain. And I talked all about this on episode 87 and even way back on episode 38, which is called cognitive reserve. I talk a lot about keeping your brain stimulated, feeding it with new learning, doing something different. So learn a new language, read, take a course, take a dance class, guitar lessons, make sure you are getting that brain food in that way too. So learn about the brain. Listen to podcasts. Learn how to manage your thoughts. Learn how to befriend your nervous system. And I can't emphasize that one enough. Everything we do sits on our nervous system. So feed your brain. And lastly, the fifth side of your frame is one for relationships. Now, I always break relationships up into three. In my coaching program, we first dive into the relationship with self. And we look at self-care, self-validation, self-compassion, and self-confidence. And I have a podcast episode on each one already, so you can go back and listen to that, and you can go deeper. In the episode, there's one episode 17 on confidence, 22 on self-compassion, 58 on self-care, and 90 on self-validation. Because all relationships begin with you. Then we have connection with others. And we've talked about the importance of co-regulation. We've talked about it briefly, but co-regulation is basically the communication between your nervous system with somebody else's. We are born into the world with a need to co-regulate. And we hope that that need is fulfilled by our parents. But unfortunately, that doesn't always happen with everybody. So down the road, we may struggle with co-regulation and connection. But it's something that is vital for our survival and our relationships. Sometimes connection can really be tricky. So we can start with connecting with a pet or maybe even connecting with nature. So we need to work on connection and co-regulating. Then we can also work on things like expectations and boundaries with other people. And then there's a whole episode dedicated to connection, which is episode 72 that you can go back and listen to as well. Now, the third kind of connection that I like to talk about with my clients is connection with a higher power or a higher purpose. Viktor Frankl wrote a very famous book, Man's Search for Meaning, about his experience in a concentration camp. And the book focused on his thoughts about meaning, resilience, and the importance of embracing life even in the face of great adversity. And in the book, he shared how Friedrich Nietzsche's words, he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. So from Frankl's perspective, after looking at all the people who experienced the concentration camps, a clear future purpose was essential and critical. The most fundamental threat to a person's future self is not the loss of freedom, but the absence of purpose and meaning. Now, most people have found that they can tolerate suffering and adversity better if they understand the why. Not knowing the why can be suffering in itself. So finding purpose in your life is key. And if you have a belief in a higher power, then that connection is also key. So there you have it. I wanted to share these with you, the five pillars. These are the non-negotiables. You'll want to make sure that you are getting them daily or at least every second day that you're tending to these pillars, sleep, sunlight, movement, nutrients, and relationships. I hope you found that helpful and don't forget to go to the show notes so you can access the link to my free video series, which is all about burnout. It just takes 30 seconds for you to solve burnout. And I have several videos that will take you through the process. So go there and check it out. And I hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.